0: while sharing ideas, concepts, and strategies that can help you master every area of your life from your health, mindset, emotions, business, finances, relationships, and spirituality. Now, if you're someone like me that is hungry to take their life to the next level, then you're in the right place. Welcome, and let's begin. Hey everyone, this is Stephen James from Project Life Mastery, and I'm here right now with Dave Asprey, the founder of Bulletproof, Many of you guys might recognize that brand name from Bulletproof Coffee and Bulletproof Supplements and food products that help you perform at a higher level. Uh, Also, you might remember a few months back, I did an amazing video at one of my favorite places in Santa Monica, California, known as Bulletproof Labs, which is the world's first biohacking gym. Uh, Dave is really the the person that's been building this movement of biohacking uh, to where it is today. So today we're gonna dive a bit into Dave's story about how he built Bulletproof and built this movement and some of his top and favorite biohacks to help you get more out of yourself. So Dave, thanks for taking the time. I'm really happy to be here, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Um, Do you mind sharing with my audience a little bit about yourself and how you started this? And getting
1: to where you are today? I used to weigh 300 pounds, uh, and I had cognitive dysfunction and most of the diseases of aging in my 20s. -hmm. I also made $6 million when I was 26. Um, Lost it when I was 28, that sucked. (laughs) But, But it gave me the opportunity to say, I'm done being fat and tired all the time. And the doctors just didn't have anything to say that was useful. I did all the stuff they told me. So I said, all right, I'm gonna hack it. And I ended up spending a million dollars upgrading wow. my biology and going way beyond just, oh, I got rid of all yeah. the crap, to how is it possible that I can do this thing with Bulletproof and all of the other companies that I've started or advised, and just kind of this big group of things. And still have time to be a dad and and be able to sleep and get super high quality sleep, and and to be getting younger, and it's actually happening, and that's the path that I've gone down. Mm.
0: And so, how did you get the idea? I think the bulletproof coffee was the first big one that you built your business with. How did that come about, and um, how did I guess did that transition into the supplements
1: and this whole movement? Well, for twenty years, I've run an anti aging nonprofit group in Silicon Valley, and I've been learning from people to three times my age who are really going out there and figuring out, here's what you can actually do. And I realized there was this whole hidden world of those people, but they didn't talk to the neuroscientists, they didn't talk to the meditation people. And as I was working on fixing my stuff, I said, all right, I'm gonna do what's not supposed to work. I'm gonna go learn meditation from the masters. And now today, you're right, I would say that's pretty cool, but one of the reasons meditation is cool today is that almost 10 years ago, I guess eight years ago, in no, 2011 when I started the Bulletproof Blog, no one would admit they meditated. Right. If you were an exec in Silicon Valley and you said yoga, meditation, nice. smart drugs, you were an alien. Right. So I put it in my cool LinkedIn back profile. Back yeah, back. And the idea was, I'm going to make this stuff cool because it works. So I went to Tibet, and I'm on the side of Mount Kailash. There's a five-day four-wheel drive in the middle of nowhere. It's the holiest mountain in the world. It's considered the Mount Olympus of Buddhists and Hindus. And 10 degrees below zero, 18,000 feet, I'm feeling like crap, that's how you're supposed to feel. Yeah. A little Tibetan lady gives me a bowl of yak butter tea, and I drink it, and within a minute, like, my brain just turned on, I feel so good, this is unbelievable. So I came back to Silicon Valley, and I said, all right, I'm buy some butter and some tea, and it tasted gross and it didn't work, and it kind of pissed me off, I'm like this can't be. Yeah. So I started experimenting with 25 different butters, and all these different teas, and different coffee, and I figured out, Oh, the coffee usually made you crash after you drank it, and I realized oh, there's something I can do with my coffee as well. And my very first blog post for Bulletproof was, here's how you can make Bulletproof coffee. and I hadn't launched any products yet. It was like, hey, here's how you can blend some things. Here's how you can do all these different things. and. I also created this term biohacking I, I created a movement around it to get the anti-aging people the neuroscientists the navy seals the bodybuilders the powerlifters the pro athletes to all talk about this common thing including medical professionals and astronaut trainers and whatever else people were doing that was all about human performance and i don't care if you're a sleep doctor uh, or you're at the gym and you teach people how to put muscle on faster you are helping people get control of their own biology so i defined the term i created an infographic, and I didn't trademark the term biohacking. I said, our community needs a name, this is to bring people together, and I trademarked Bulletproof. But biohacking just became a thing, and last year, Merriam-Webster's added it to the dictionary as a new word in English language, and I'm there in the definition, which is super cool. But it's now a thing, and there's millions of people who identify themselves as, I'm a biohacker. I I want to control my biology, so I took it. It's become an identity for people. You
0: know, what what would you say, you know, biohacking, what would you define it, I guess, as? Because, you know, a lot of people might think biohacking has to be this, you know, crazy experiment that you do on yourself, but it could be the simple things about what you do with your sleep or small improvements that just, I guess, allow you to get more out of yourself. But how would you, I guess, define it?
1: It's the art and science of changing the environment around you and inside of you so that you have full control of your biology. And what that does is that means, look, the control I wanted, enough energy to have an hour commute home at the end of a day, and then have enough energy to play with my kids, take care of the house, and then go to sleep and rinse and repeat and be a good provider. Okay, that is control, because a lot of people, you come home, you're too tired, you just want to have a drink, uh, or you, know, you just, I don't have energy to deal with my kids right now. Stuff like that, it, it's real. Okay, that's a level of control that a lot of people don't have that they want. Or I just want the ability to look at a cookie and not eat it. Right. This was a problem for me when I weighed 300 pounds. Like, I'm not gonna do it! And eventually the cookie wins the war against my willpower, and then I eat half the cookie, and I'm like, why am I a loser? right? Well, you're, I'm not a loser. That's just the voice in my head. But that that thing, well, all of those are control. Or maybe you want to be the fastest in the world. Or maybe you want to have you know, a 16-pack or whatever the thing is. Your goals can be all over the place. But the techniques, the rules, the algorithms, the things you do, they're the same. Mm,
0: love it. So what would you say are some of the simplest biohacks that someone watching this, they've never biohacked before, but what are things that maybe they could do to get more from themselves?
1: The key to biohacking is understanding that your body doesn't do a very good job of listening to you. It listens to the world around you. And it listens to what it perceives to be threats. So one of the things that chews up the most energy throughout the day is actually thinking and obsessing about food. So what if you could do something that made it so that after you finished a meal, you didn't think about food until the next meal. And even when the next meal came around, you're like, I could eat or not, but it wasn't like Will there be tacos for lunch? Is it lunchtime yet? Is it lunchtime yet? And that voice that most of us have in our head, uh, it's unnecessary and it's hugely distracting from all the things that are more important. So how do you do that? The first thing you do is you say, all right, how did I feel after my last meal? And if you're hungry within a half hour or an hour of your meal, guess what? You did it wrong. It means you ate something that, you're, that is actually causing inflammation in your body. It means you found a food that's incompatible with your system. And it turns out there is no one universal diet for human beings. There are basic rules, and the first rule is, stop eating the stuff that makes you weak. And in The Bulletproof Diet, this is my book that sold somewhere around half a million copies in yeah. 17 languages. There's a roadmap, and it's free. It's on the Bulletproof website, Bulletproof Roadmap. You can look for it. And what it does, is it tells you, okay, here are the proteins and fats and carbs and vegetables that are generally safe. They don't cause problems for almost anybody. Here's the set of things called suspect foods. And you know what? For a lot of people, these cause problems. Would you believe a third of people can't digest kale and it makes them have sugar cravings? Right. Yeah. Right? Or tons of people, it's grains and beans and legumes or bell peppers and the nightshade family or potatoes or tomatoes. You wouldn't know it, but if you're eating this every day, you're going to constantly be foggy, tired, have a little bit of muffin top, and it's just your condition. People don't know that a third of rheumatoid arthritis is caused by basically potatoes and tomatoes. Right. Right. What? well since you don't know that what if you just stopped all of that stuff for just a week and at the end of the week you're like, whoa the sky is brighter I like my life I like my wife uh, and my joints don't hurt and I just realized I should start a company you're like, okay, maybe something you were doing before in that list of suspects was actually guilty and then there's also a list of kryptonite foods and these are things like don't eat those yeah. like you wanted to show up all the way in the world that's not for humans and so eliminate the suspect foods for a week that's one biohack but let's talk about another one that's, well, that one's, you're gonna buy food anyway, just buy the yeah. right food is, yeah. is that hack, and the infographic itself is free. Next one though, let's talk about sleep. Yeah. I've been tracking my sleep for 10 years with electronics. First with a little uh, super sexy headband, uh, not from Victoria's Secret. <laughs> uh, but now I use this thing called an aura ring. Yeah. I've got yeah. one too, yeah. beautiful. <laughs> and so you know how valuable it is. I wake up in the morning, I'm like, how'd I do? And it's amazing. Sometimes you get very, very low, uh, low amounts of sleep. Like I usually get about six, six and a half hours, but I'm getting more deep sleep and REM sleep than the average 20 year old gets in eight hours. So my sleep efficiency is off the charts. It's not about how long you sleep, it's about the quality of your sleep. In fact, the studies are incredible because the people who sleep for eight hours a night die more than people who sleep six and a half hours a night of all-cause mortality. Like, who who would have really thought that? By the way, I'm gonna look up my sleep score for last night while we're talking. Sure. So it says I'm not that ready, because, well, I did just get here. But my efficiency was only 80%. My deep sleep, hour and 10. REM sleep, an hour and one minute. But I only slept four hours and 50 minutes. Uh, It's Las Vegas, I stayed up late, had a late (laughs) dinner. So I would call this not a great night of sleep. But here's the deal. I got more REM sleep and deep sleep than most people listening to this get in eight hours. Interesting. Right. So to me, that's a bad night. Yeah. You know, it's, we're going to spend a, a third of our life sleeping. It's one of the simplest I'm not. <laughs>
0: things that 20% you, of my life sleeping. Right, way better, <laughs> but just getting more
1: from that time. So what are, yeah. what are some of the things that you can do or someone can do? All right. One of my favorite things that makes a giant difference in sleep efficiency is something you see me doing. These glasses are from one of my portfolio companies. It's called true dark and I wear these during the day and these turn down blue light, which in the later half of the day messes with your sleep. But an hour or so before bed, I switch to the sleep glasses. They have eliminated jet lag for me. And if I wear those, I can double my deep sleep. So before bed, I wear these cool uh, sunglasses. They're called the, 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 let's see, the True Dark Sunsets. And they have a dark red tint at the top and a lighter thing at, at the bottom. And I look a little bit like a rock star or something. But it doesn't matter. I can wear them in my hotel room. But when I do that, I sleep incredibly well. So if you don't want to get a pair of True Darks, here's the closest thing you can do. Number one. Black out your windows. There's this study from Japan, 800 and something adults, they found a 68% increase in depression from the amount of light that comes around curtains in the average city, just from streetlights. So you need to black your room out. So, black out your curtains, and if you have to, just to try this for a night, put up aluminum foil. Your neighbors will hate you. then you go through, and this is critically important, every LED in your room, especially the green, blue, and yellow, you gotta put a little, a little uh, piece of electrical tape over them or just unplug them. The dark Glasses Company makes little dots you can put on them as well. Whatever it is, when you open your eyes, you see nothing. You shouldn't see your alarm clock, nothing. And sleeping in a black room, you won't even believe how you feel in the morning. And since you're already doing that, you might as well turn your thermostat down to 68 degrees, which also signals to your body, oh, it must be nighttime because it's cooler. And that combination, you wake up and you're, you're like a new person. Mm. What about
0: uh, just uh, wearing like a sleep mask?
1: Does that have the s- same effect? Sleep masks can help, but it doesn't have the same. Mm-hmm. There's a study that came out in the 90s showing that light on your leg, on the back of your knee actually affected your sleep quality. But that study was disproven because it turns out they also had TVs on, which kind of ruined the whole thing. But a new study just came out that shows that Small amounts of blue-spectrum light on the skin affect your subcutaneous white adipose tissue. In other words, the fat under your skin. So it changes your metabolic rate. So best practice, black your room. If you can't do that, do your best. And a mask can help, but they usually leak. I use something called a sleep crown. And one of the graduates of the Bulletproof Training Institute uh, actually invented this. It's now called the Human Potential Institute. And what it's, it's like a, a pillow that goes over your face, designed to put subtle pressure, almost like a weighted blanket. And it's the only one I've ever found that doesn't leak light, so I actually travel with one of those.
0: Mm. What about uh, the effect of technology, on our, like in, in terms of people have their cell phone next to them, and their computer, and their bed, and, and things of that nature? Does that affect the quality of our sleep?
1: There's no question that having your phone on, mm. uh, and I say on as in transmitting during sleep, is bad for you. It'll ruin your sleep quality, If you're checking it right before bed and you're not wearing those glasses, you are seriously affecting your sleep quality. Even an hour before bed, staring at your TV with the brightness up all the way and all that, it's, you'll still sleep, you'll say I'm fine, but you're not, and if you don't believe me, just monitor your sleep. Like wow, I, I really only slept half as much quality sleep last night as I did, and it is your TV, it is the bright light in your bathroom, and so my house has dimmer switches, the bedroom is completely blacked out, and so are my kids' bedrooms guess what? My kids have never had a hard time staying asleep at night. How big of a gift for you as a parent would that be? Right.
0: Now, I know, uh, you know these are really simple biohacks anyone can do. and, and mm-hmm. I mean, they're so simple, but I know you take things to an extreme. There's so many incredible technologies that are available, especially if you go to you know, the Bulletproof Labs and you see all the different devices. I know you're kind of like a mad scientist sure. trying and testing everything out, which I love. But um, I'd love to you know, hear from you. What are some of the, your favorite technologies, devices that are available today that have made some of the biggest impact for you?
1: Well, let's start with uh, kind of the easy, very affordable stuff. So we talked about sleep already. There's an app called Sonic Sleep. And this plays a sound that blocks out and cancels out noises in the sleep environment around you. But it's got a million dollars of NIH funding in order to increase deep sleep by changing sounds. So I play that at night, and all of a sudden, you're like, wait a minute. I wasn't that good at sleeping, but now I use technology to cause my brain to be in deep sleep mode more often. So that's really cool. And it's, it's an app. I don't know how much it is, but it's, it's app pricing, like a dollar or two or something. And so I would say that, that you've got to do. You've got to be monitoring. The Aura Ring is, is an absolute game changer. Uh, but then you get into some of these heavy duty technologies you would never believe work. And at Upgrade Labs, we have uh, something called uh, the Red Charger. And in fact, uh, the TrueDark company makes a bunch of light panels as well. And I talk about these on my show a lot. These have red and infrared and, uh, for the TrueDark stuff, amber lights. And it turns out your cells in your skin are sensitive to certain wavelengths of red and infrared light. So if you lay on this whole giant bed like you do at Upgrade Labs, it's adding electrons into your body. And there are studies that show that these frequencies of light change the collagen formation in your skin. So you can actually have better skin texture and less wrinkles and even faster healing of wounds, depending on which frequencies you're using and things like that. So seriously, laying under the right color of high intensity light could change the way your cells behave? It turns out it can. There's also pulsed electromagnetic frequency therapy. And you probably tried that at Upgrade Labs there in Santa Monica. And this is a thing, it's it's actually a big box that's the power supply from a a a fighter jet. It's a huge radar power controller, and that's because there's giant electromagnets, and you put them under your back or around a site of injury, and then it rapidly turns the magnetics on-off, on-off. And what that does is that's exercising the cell membranes in your cells. And the guy who invented this stuff has one of the highest recorded bone densities on record, and it speeds bone healing. Mm. And I think NASA also uses it for the astronauts and everything, too. In fact, it's one of the best ways to keep people who have been in no gravity just to get them their bones back. Uh, But it's not just bones. It's cellular-level health. And it turns out all of our willpower, everything we do, comes from the basic ability of your cells to convert food and, and air into energy. If you can turn food and air into energy better, you get more electrons in your body. More electrons translates to more willpower. And that's why that stuff is just so important. All all we're looking for is more energy equals more ability to show up in the world, more ability to turn over cells in our body to repair injuries, and to just take care of the system that supports us. Are there certain biohacks that have helped you,
0: I guess, manage or deal with stress? Because I know a lot of entrepreneurs, there's... The stress is you know, being an entrepreneur, the challenges, the failures, the mistakes that we make. And one thing I've observed from you from a distance, you built this incredible business, but you seem to have done it in a way by still having a level of calmness and you know, peace of mind along the way. So at least that's my observation. But
1: anything that's helped you with managing stress? Yeah. Um, meditating, um, but meditating on the blood of my enemies. has been <laughs> Sorry, I just had to say that to see if you'd believe me. You nodded. <laughs> what i uh what i do is work on on even if there's people who uh, are skeptics or whatever not seeing them as enemies yeah right I'm, I'm open to anything you say so <laughs> i'm like okay <laughs> um it's uh and humor's good too uh, i'm still working on my humor but what you'll find is that meditation is important however you're probably doing it wrong and the sad truth is that throughout the history of meditation you know what they did they took a segment of the population and they said you go sit in a cave and meditate for eight hours a day for 20 years and write down what you notice and then tell us about it and let's just do that for a few generations. The problem is I don't have 20 years to go sit in a cave. Yeah. Right? Entrepreneurs don't, that's not how we're wired. So what do you do instead? There's a couple of technologies that are really transformative. The lowest hanging fruit is something called heart rate variability training. Mm-hmm. And it turns out when you're in a fight or flight mode, news flash, if you're running a business and you haven't done your personal development work, you are in fight or flight mode because you self-identify with your business. Any threat to the business feels like a mortal threat to your body and you will be fight, flight, freeze. And that's just how it is. So what would you do about that? When you're in fight or flight mode, your heartbeat becomes perfectly even. And when you're in rest and relax mode, your heartbeat, it goes up, it goes down. So same number of beats per minute, but the spacing is almost random. Right, so two beats close together, then it rests. So it's kind of a calm meandering heartbeat versus a, you know, a hammer. So you hook a little thing up to your ear, and you do some breathing exercises. And when you change your heartbeat, it turns green. When you're in stress mode, it turns red. One of my friends and clients uh, is a hedge fund trader. Um, you know. Big, big money guy. And I said, all right, you need to do this. And he calls me up. He goes, I finally did it on an airplane. And I got it so I could always turn the light green. This is awesome. So I went into the office. And I put it on. I got myself in green mode. The market bell rings to open the market. He goes, and it turned red. And it stayed red the whole day. Because I realized my whole career, I've been trading from a place of fear. He said it took me two weeks of, of paying attention all day long until I could turn off that. And now my trades are better because he was now trading from a place of consciousness instead of a place of reactivity. Like, how cool is that? Yeah. That's just step one, that's about 100 bucks. You right. can do it with a heart strap, there's uh, ear clips and things like that. Step two, though, is what's given me the abilities that I have now. And that's something called 40 Years of Zen. Right. This is a, a, one of my portfolio companies. I started it because there wasn't, it wasn't available anywhere. I've been doing neurofeedback for 20 years. This is when you hook computers up to your head you sense the electricity coming off your brain and show the brain what it's doing. Guess what? Our brains desperately want to be better. They just have no data about how they're doing. All they do is look at the world around them but they don't have internal sensors. That's why you know, if you see the old Hannibal Lecter movie you know, he takes off the top of someone's head, he's still talking. Brain surgeons actually do that because your brain, you can poke in there, you won't feel it. It's not to say your brain won't get scrambled but you won't feel it because that lack of nerves means that our brains are unaware of themselves. I have spent four months of my life with the electrodes glued to my head every day, doing intense work. In one week of training, you can reach the same states that normally take 40 years of daily Zen meditation to get wow. to. So I was able to dump a lot of the garbage, you know, the belief systems that we all have that aren't real, but we believe are real, yeah. and go through and methodically do that. And now we've had hundreds of CEOs and, and you know, celebrities and sports people and just other people working to get over their stuff. Um, a, a substantial number of billionaires and they're like you know what I, I didn't realize I was acting this way so I believe fundamentally after all this work on mitochondria writing books about you know how your cells work and how they help to create your personality and looking at all the neuroscience and having done that heavy-duty work but we are fundamentally wired to be kind to each other right we're we're supposed to connect as a network and support each other as a species because all life does it it happens at a single-celled organisms, we get slime molds and bacterial biofilms, and you get herds of deer, and you get systems of ants and all these things. Everything's a big network in a system. Human society is the same way. So when you're in a state where you're in fight or flight, you're hungry all the time, your cells aren't working right, you don't work well with the system. And it becomes, it's all about me. When your biology is working right, you just want to help other people because that's actually the order of operations. So getting out of the reactive state that's caused by things that aren't real is kind of important. That's what 40 years of Zen does. Yeah,
0: and I, you know, one thing I love about a lot of the the biohacking that you do is you measure it. And yeah. so you can actually see the progress, you can see what's going on in the brain with the brain map. And I've done some neurofeedback and and I guess from what I understand it's it's when you're you you know you work with the practitioner. They may be asking you questions, and you can actually see the response in the brain of whether that's causing pain or anxiety or trauma, and then you actually can resolve it and measure that difference. Is that essentially the the process where someone is resolving and I guess getting their brain waves or everything kind of more in alignment with how it
1: should be? That's one of the types of neurofeedback. What typically happens though is you work with a. a neurofeedback practitioners, sometimes they're a psychologist, sometimes just a a neuroscientist or a neurologist, there's various flavors. And most programs they say, okay, there's something wrong and we're gonna fix it. So there's a very medicalized model of it. The 40 years of Zen model is just, there's nothing wrong, we're looking at accelerating your ability to do stuff. And so the brain states that we are pursuing are their altered states of high performance versus the average state of not being sick, (laughs) right? And when you sit down, you normally end up playing some kind of a video game. Right. And some of it's passive. There's forms where you just listen to a sound and every time your brain does the wrong thing as defined by the software, uh, you get a signal. So you, you avoid the wrong. And then there's other forms, likely what you did. You know, They're asking you questions and seeing what your brain does. That's more of a kind of an interview thing. But normally you're sitting there saying, all right, how do I make the car go faster? How do I make the clouds bigger? How do I make unicorns appear? Whatever in, is in the game. What we do at 40 of Zen though, is we have these manufactured giant pods that look kind of like eggs and you sit in there and we close it so you're in a real safe space. And then you go really deep and we teach you a process to go through and figure out the things you're doing, where you're reacting to things that you, in ways you don't like, figure out why and how it's happening using the neurofeedback, and then to go into the state where you can go through and you can actually erase your neurological response to that. So you remember whatever happened to you, yeah. right? But if you're bullied, you know, lots of entrepreneurs were bullied and they're, still, they're entrepreneurs because they still have something to prove, right? Well, what if you could go in and you could actually re-experience you know, when Jimmy was mean to you in 6th grade or whatever it is. And you do that and you remove all the emotional pain that that caused. So you're, yeah, Jimmy was mean to me, whatever. But th- there's no weight to it. Well, that Carrying that weight through your whole life takes a huge amount of energy. And it changes micro-decisions that will affect your business, affect your relationships, affect your life. So having gone through and everything I can find in my entire past from anywhere I've gone through and, and methodically used the neurofeedback augmented retroframing protocol. It's the thing we teach at yeah. Four years in. So that's why you're saying, how can you have this glasses company, this neurofeedback company, and 68 million in venture funding, and New York Times bestsellers, and web orbiting podcasts, and you know whatever other stuff I'm working on. It's because I don't waste time yeah. on stories that aren't true in my head. I like I'd probably waste a little bit, because you don't know. Yeah. Like, you'll never Every story that, that's false that you believe, because you believe it, you won't know it's false, Like by definition. So there's probably a couple of them in there, but not that many.
0: Yeah. Well, I, th- I think this is so important, because so many people, they work on their business, but not on themselves. And yeah. their business will only go as far as they take yeah. the business, and um, you know we've got to work on our mind, and things that hold us back, and our bodies. We can get so much more from ourselves by doing that. Um, I want to ask you about morning rituals. What's, what's a morning ritual of what you do every morning? Um, I'm, I'm big in rituals and how you start the day, how it affects the rest of your day. Any things that you do to start the day that help you perform? Well,
1: it shifts a lot if you have kids. So do you have kids? Not yet. Okay, so you have a morning ritual. So your, your morning ritual is going to be this epic, amazing thing. Then you have kids, and then kids have this amazing radar. It's actually run by that same mitochondrial system we just talked about. Whenever you wake up to do something, they will sense it from their crib, and they'll also wake up. So your morning ritual is to be interrupted in your morning ritual, and that is actually your first 10 years of having kids. And so it will destroy the morning ritual. So here's what my morning ritual looks like now, especially once my kids are in school. So I wake up, my phone's in airplane mode, and I use a progressive alarm, use that Sonic Sleep app. Then I, keep the phone in airplane mode, wake up, I take a handful of supplements uh, that are best on empty stomach. I make my bulletproof coffee. I make it for my kids, for my wife. Uh, We have breakfast together, although I actually don't have breakfast besides bulletproof coffee, but I sit down. My kids eat breakfast most of the time. They're allowed to skip it if they want to. Uh, Intermittent fasting is a good thing, it turns out. And then uh, I drive my kids to school. Now, when I drop them off, I take my phone out of airplane mode, see if there's anything urgent, drive home, and then I have 45 minutes of upgrade time. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I might do the Bulletproof provide the whole body vibration platform. I might right. meditate, I might do the red light therapy, I have cryotherapy at home, I have a whole upgrade labs at my house. Yeah. So I'll choose something that has a high return on investment. And that's the thing for, for your audience. Mm-hmm. You understand ROI on ad spend, right? Yes. You, you spend a dollar on ads, you better get $5 back. Well, if you spend an hour on improving yourself, you better get more than that hour's worth of energy back or you did it wrong, right? So there's people who meditate for an hour, like, I think I got results. I'm like, that was a whole hour. Right. Like, do you know how precious an hour of time is? Yeah. So, so maybe you should have measured yeah. to see if your meditation worked, Or maybe you should try breathing exercises next time because you can go deeper faster. So this is like an urgent call out. Hurry, meditate faster. Right? Like, do th- this whole, oh, I'll just meander. I'll just go find myself. Yeah. Like, like, I'm pretty sure that you could just create who you want to be. In fact, that's one of the things in Game Changers, uh, my last book. I interviewed 500 people on Blooper Radio and asked them, how do you perform better as a human being? Yeah. And statistically analyzed the results. 46 laws come out of that. And one of them is the people who change things, disrupt industries, create new fields. Shockingly, they don't just find out who they are. Because who they are probably just wants to eat pizza and drink beer. Uh, like, I want to be that person, and then they consciously build it over time. That's ROI on your time. And, and so that mindset of whatever you're going to do today, you, it better have high returns.
0: Yeah. So always just trying to be more efficient, how to get more from less. Use a weasel word.
1: Trying to be more efficient. Okay. So, no, there's no trying. It's do yeah, or not do. It, it, game, there you go. Yoda. But that is another law from Game yes. Changers. Uh, and it turns out a lot of entrepreneurs do that, and it's 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 not it's okay. My kids taught me not to do that because I I got in their case that they're like, oh yeah, back at you, dad. But it turns out we say I'm going to try to do this. You're presupposing failure, right? Like if if uh, you asked me, hey, will you pick me up at the airport tomorrow? And I said, yeah, I'll try to be there. You'd be like, I'm taking Uber, right? Uh, so I've learned in and you'll hear this in my podcast. You hear this in my my talks on stage. I rarely use the weasel words things like can't, try, need. Those totally change your ability to run a business. Like check this out. I need to buy an ad to sell this. Okay, once you tell yourself that, your conscious brain stops thinking of solutions because now need is about life or death. Right? right? And then we move into the need mode. Well, maybe you didn't need to buy an ad to sell that. Maybe you should have hired an influencer, right? But you're not going to think of that because you needed to do it. So I don't use that need word. Oh, I need to go to the grocery store? Pfft, B.S., I could, I could use Instacart. Right? But I won't think of Instacart if I need to go. Yes. So I don't try things. I don't believe in impossible or can't. What I say instead is, I don't know how to do that. Okay. Or as far as I know, no one's ever done that. or That's probably not worth doing. Mm-hmm. And so we get into this debate with my kids. And my son's like, well, you, you can't travel to the middle of the sun without a spacesuit right now. And I said, change the laws of physics. Okay, you could say we don't know how to do that, right? But you can't say that we that that it's impossible to do it. You can't prove impossible. That's, what, that's where it's safe to say can't, because in basic science, disproving something like that, no, you just say we haven't proved it yet. So it's eliminating those limiting words. Vocabulary. Absolutely, it's super important, both for that angry inner voice in your head. It uses those words all the time. Uh, until you kill the angry inner voice and then it doesn't use them anymore. But if you use them in your business, you use them in your thought process, you use them on your loved ones, on your customers, it's not going to add value the way it could.
0: Yeah. So what's next for you? You know, I know you got new books that you're always working on. You've got some incredible content on your blog, books, resources, oh, nice. or, you know, YouTube channel, the
1: podcast. But, you know, what's, what's the next focus for you and what uh, is coming? Check out Superhuman. It's my new book, and it's pre-sale on Amazon. It is what I'm doing to live to at least 180. Because people say, what? how can that be possible? It's living a long time, it's not about fear of death. It's about, I've got a lot of really cool stuff to do, uh, thing, problems to solve, yeah. and I'd like to have the energy to do them until I'm done. So why 180? It's in the book, but the whole premise of Superhuman is that look... We can do 120, because there's multiple 120-year-olds on Earth now. And they got there without understanding any of the stuff that we understand about how the body works, about how the environment works, the gut bacteria works, big data, machine learning, intelligence. And for 20 years, I've been working with the people working to unlock the secrets of aging. And they're actually doing it. So, all right, if I take care of this, I can do at least what's already been done and In the next, let's see, what is that, 134 years of my life, do I believe that we can add just 50% on top of what we already know we can do? Go back 134 years. We didn't know what bacteria were. (laughs) We couldn't spell mitochondria. We didn't know about DNA. We were still riding horses because we didn't have cars. I mean, like, that's the speed of progress, and it's going up exponentially. So I actually think I'm wrong, and that's why I say at least 180. I don't say I'm gonna live to 180. Yeah. And I think there are many people listening to your show right now who are gonna be at least 100. When, and when I say 100, I don't mean tubes, diapers, forgetting your car keys in the fridge, which is what people think of when they think of old age. That is gone. What's gonna happen is you're gonna be old, You're going to be wise. You'll have a chance to be the village elder because you have 100 years worth of knowledge and you have a brain that still works and enough energy to give back to the next generations. The world's sadly missing that and it is impossible to have a world with enough wise older people who can mentor others that has the the amount of environmental destruction we have now. (laughs) Because, like, wait, I'm going to be 180? Could you stop throwing that shit in the ocean already? (laughs) Like... It, it matters more yeah. when you have a long time span. And when you talk to someone much older than you, you hear what they went through. You're like, I thought I was the first. know, like, no, you, you, we're 5,000 generations in.
0: Yeah, so you gotta think a lot bigger picture for your life. Yeah. Looking forward to this book coming out. How can people find
1: out more about you and what you're up to? Well, check out Bulletproof Radio. Two episodes a week, 100 million downloads. And that is totally worth your time. The, the goal on that show is the return on investment for the hour you spend listening, is way bigger than one hour. And check out the Bulletproof blog. There's all kinds of good stuff on biohacking and, of course, how to, what to put in your coffee to have more energy, the supplements to take for cognitive function, nootropics, and smart drugs, and all that kind of stuff. I've done all the guinea pig work myself. I try everything that I've written about, including stem cells and anti-aging peptides and all the crazy stuff, and then I write about it. Like, here's how to make it simple. If you want to know the science here, if you want to just do what works that's most cost-effective, go here. And I just share that knowledge. Fantastic. So we'll link to all of that below for you guys here
0: below this video. Check out Dave's incredible work. We'll link to his YouTube channel as well for you guys. But Dave, thank you so much for taking the time. It's a pleasure. Really appreciate it. Thank you guys for watching. If you guys enjoyed this, give this video a thumbs up, subscribe for more, leave a comment, let us know your favorite biohack, and we'll see you again in the next video. Take care.